to the one-year journey through the Holy Bible. Today we'll be reading Judges chapter 3 and chapter 4. Chapter 3 These are the nations the Lord allowed to remain, so that through them he might test Israel, all those who had not experienced any of the Canaanite wars, to teach warfare to those generations of Israelites who never experienced it. The five lords of the Philistines, and all the Canaanites, the Sidonites, and the Hivites, who lived in the mountain region of Lebanon between Baal Hermon and Lebo Hamath. These served as a test for Israel to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord had enjoined on their ancestors through Moses. So the Israelites settled among the Canaanites, Hivites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. They took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons in marriage and served other gods. Stories of the Judges Othniel Then the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Ashers. And the anger of the Lord flared up against them. He sold them into the power of the Cushan the Cushan Rishathim the king of Aram, Narim, and the Israelites served Cushing Rishim for eight years. But when the Israelites cried out to the Lord, he raised up a savior for them to save them. It was Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Kenes. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. When he marched out of war, the Lord delivered Cushing Rishim the king of Aram into his power, and his hold on Cushan Rishim was firm. So the land was at rest for forty years until Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. Ehud. Again, the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and so he strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, taking the Ammonites and Amalek as allies, he went and defeated Israel, taking possession of the city of Palms. So the Israelites served Eglon the king of Moab for eighteen years. But when the Israelites cried out to the Lord, he raised for them a savior, Ehud, the son of Gera, a Benjaminite who was left-handed. The Israelites would send their tribute to Eglon the king of Moab by him. Ehud made himself a two-edged dagger, a foot long, and strapped it under his clothes on his right thigh. He presented the tribute to Eglon, the king of Moab. Now Eglon was a very fat man. When he had finished presenting the tribute, he dismissed the troops who had carried the tribute. But he himself turned back at the sculptured stones near Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And the king said, Silence. Then when all of his attendants had left his presence, Ehud went in to him, where he sat alone in his cool upper room. Ehud said, I have a word from God for you. So the king rose up from his throne. Then Ehud, with his left hand, drew the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into Eglon's belly. The hilt also went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade because he did not withdraw the dagger from the body. Then Ehud went out onto the porch, shutting the doors of the upper room on Eglon and locking him. When Ehud had left and the servants had come, they saw that the doors of the upper room were locked and thought he must be easing himself in the cool chamber. They went ahead, and they waited until they were at loss, when he did not open the door of the upper room. 
So they took the key and opened them, and there was their lord lying on the floor dead. During their delay, Ahud escaped and passing the sculptured stones took refuge in Sarai. On his arrival, he sounded the horn in the mountain region of Ephraim, and the Israelites went down from the mountains with him as their leader. Follow me, he said to them, for the Lord has delivered your enemies, the Moabites, in your power. So they followed him down and seized the fords of the Jordan against the Moabites, permitting no one to cross. On that occasion, they slew about 10,000 Moabites, all of them strong warriors, and not one escaped. So Moab was brought under the power of Israel at that time, and the land had rest for 80 years. Shamgar After him, there was Shangar, the son of Anath, who slew 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He, too, was a savior for Israel. Chapter 4 Deborah and Barak The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the power of the Canaanite king, Jabin, who reigned in Hazor. The general of his army was Assyria, who lived in Haroshiath High Goim. But the Israelites cried out to the Lord for with his 900 iron chariots, Jabin harshly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. At that time, the prophet Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel. She used to sit under Deborah's palm tree between Ramah and Bethel in the mountain region of Ephraim, where the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She had Barak, the son of Abinoab, and summoned from Kadesh of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands. Go and march out against Mount Tabor, and take with you ten thousand men from Naphtali and Zebulun. I will draw Caesarea, the general of Jabin's army, out to you at the Wadi Kishon, together with his chariots and troops, and I will deliver them into your power. But Barak answered her, If you come with me, I will go. If you will not go with me, I will not go. I will certainly go with you, she replied, but you will not gain glory for the expedition on which you are setting out, for it is into a woman's power that the Lord is going to sell Caesarea. So Deborah arose and went with Barak and journeyed him to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and ten thousand men followed him. Deborah also went up with him. Now Heber, the Kenite who detached himself from Cain, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' father-in-law, and had pitched his tent by the Terebinth by Zanim, was near Kadesh. It was reported to Caesarea that Barak the son of Abinoam had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Caesarea called out nine hundred of his iron chariots and all his forces from Heroshethgoth Goim to the Wadi Kishon. And Deborah then said to Barak, Up, this is the day on which the Lord has delivered Caesarea into your power. The Lord marches before you. So Barak went down Mount Tabor, following his, followed by his ten thousand men. And the Lord threw Caesarea and all his chariots and forces into a panic before Barak. Caesarea himself dismounted his chariot and fled on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as, fat, as far as Haroshiat Har Goim. The entire army of Caesarea fell beneath the sword. 
not even one man surviving. And Caesarea fled on foot to the tent of Geo, the wife of Heber the Kenite, who for there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the family of Heber the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Caesarea and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside with me. Do not be afraid. So he went into her tent, and she covered him with a rug. He said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and uncovered him. Stand at the entrance of the tent, he said to her. If anyone comes and asks, Is there anyone here? Say no. Jael, the son of the, Jael, the wife of Heber, got a tent peg, and she took a mallet in her hand. When Caesarea was in deep sleep from exhaustion, she approached him stealthily and drove the peg through his temple and down into the ground, and he died. Then when Bara came in pursuit of Caesarea, Jael went out to meet him and said, Come, I will show you the man you are looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Caesarea dead with the tent peg through his temple. Thus on that day, God humbled the Canaanite king Jabin before the Israelites. Their power weighed heavenly, even more heavenly on him, until at length they finished off the Canaanite king Jabin. The word of the Lord. Thank you.